Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk a little bit of the MLB. Bryce Harper now becomes a Philadelphia Philly. And with that big money that he has, he's set for life. <laughs> We're also going to talk about a little NFL. Of course, Jason Witten is coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, Nick Foles is now a free agent. So we're going to talk about what teams that he could possibly be in during the summer. And of course, we talk about the NBA. We talk about the dysfunction of both the Boston Celtics and the LA Lakers, the lack of defense from LeBron. We talk about it all. My co hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me, Al Qualls, on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right about now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support. For without, well, blah, blah. For now, without further ado, we're going to get started. Yeah, maybe I should do a take two and try it again. So in three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. But without further ado, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about everything that's going on in the world of sports from football to baseball and to the NBA. But I can't start without introducing my co-host with me. So, fellas, what's going on? Introduce yourselves and let the world know how you're doing. Friday, man. You know it's got to be 5 o'clock somewhere, so bottoms up. He's bottoming up on some, what is that, water? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> good old H2O. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm doing good. This is E, as always. Um, we, are, we are a day late, but never a dollar short, so, uh, you know, everything is lovely. Tomorrow is uh, March, and uh, it's right. first of snowflakes, so... Hold up. Rolling the work in that. What? Oh, oh, snowflakes, actual snow. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, this is gonna go tonight. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that this is definitely gonna go some way tonight. Um, so, without further ado, let's get right into it. And what better way to start off with the contract signing of Bryce Harper to the Phillies for 13 years and $330 million. So that's a big contract. He's going to be in Philly for a while, um, I, I guess, at least from that contract perspective. So I'm going to start off with asking you guys what you think about the contract. What do you think of how Bryce Harper is going to be in the Philly franchise and how it affects Philly going on to possibly um, being a playoff contender and maybe even a World Series contender? Oh, well, sir, I, I, I'll refer to you since you're in that, that negative woods. Maybe you can <laughs> put your, you know, your ear to the pulse of what the, what the world of Philly is talking about today. Well, this just happened a couple of hours ago, so uh, you know, I, I haven't caught the pulse of the city yet. Obviously, people are much more excited a few weeks ago um, as opposed to now um, where you're going to have spring training coming up in what, roughly, what? No, spring training is now. Yeah, yeah, it's now, going yeah. <laughs> So um, there, there was no fanfare, no hype prior to that. So I will say this, that 
$330 million for 13 years, a $20 million signing bonus, um, and getting paid annually 26 point um, something mil. More like 24, like, like 24. Uh, uh, 26 million annually, I believe that's between 2020 and 2028, and then 22 million per season after mm, that. Okay. Damn it, Kyler Murray. <sighs> you ain't getting this kind of money in the NFL. You got you to gotta be Brett Favre. You got to be Tom Brady. You got to be Aaron Rodgers-esque to get that kind of dollars. But, you know, but you decide you want to roll football, and that's neither here nor there. But damn it, Manny Machado got $300 million for 10 years from the San Diego Padres. So now you see where he got his $330 million for 13 years. I mean, he's definitely box office. They're just going to put butts in the stands. Um, the price of the brick for the tickets is probably going to go up a little bit more this year. <laughs> hey, no more company tickets, huh? <laughs> well, not as – they won't be as accessible as they have. <laughs> so, uh, no, they're definitely going uh, to put um, – I mean, butts in seats, um, sell some tickets. Overall, do I think this helps the Phillies? As far as a draw to get people in there, yes. It does it help the overall health of the team? They need a lot more than just Bryce Harper. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that he turned down the same kind of deal with the Nets. You know, they were giving them 300 mil over 10 years. And he said no. So he decided to go an hour and some change up 95 to go to Philly and play there. So, um I don't know yet. It remains to be seen. I mean, Phillies definitely have a lot of holes that they got to you know, plug up. Um, Bryce Harper only is one, one spoke in a whole wheel. So as far as the team, it's probably going to do a little bit better. But do I see them competing for, you know, a pennant or a series next I mean, the season coming up? Probably not. I'd be surprised if Bryce Harper is still there six years from now. Ah, uh, but he has a no trade clause in his contract. Not to say that he can't be traded, but he has to agree to a particular trade within six years. Now, uh, you know, banks happen. Probably wind up <laughs> in New York knowing him. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I would not be surprised at that point. So, so, so this is the A Rod thing all over again. <laughs> like to you know pick up big contracts. Uh, well, but with the but with the but with A Rod, the, you know, the Rangers have to take you know some pennies off the dollar for them to to, to absorb that. So true. Well, you know they were. They offered that big contract and was operating in the red for God knows how many years. So <laughs> the price, the price to be the boss, and they couldn't be a boss. So the Yankees, who were bosses, went ahead and decided, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and take it off your hands. <laughs> Without question, <laughs> you got to pay, pay ten cents on the dollar before you. <laughs> well, I wow, this is a very interesting scenario that went on with Bryce Harper. Yes, he has, I guess the biggest overall contract in MLB history, but this is the, his particular contract is barely no different than the contract A-Rod signed back in 2001 with the Texas Rangers. Ironically, you know, from what I was hearing on on a ride home from work today, um, Bryce was very stuck on whatever team that he signed, you know, signed with would that be the very last team he plays for in his career? 
And it's very rare, if not non-existent, that you see a player want to have that much loyalty to a particular team or to a particular city. And what's crazy, the Dodgers offered this joker $45 million a year. They offered him a four-year, $180 million contract. Guaranteed. He turned that down and opted to take damn near $20 million less over an additional nine-year period (laughs) just so that he could have that particular contract to be with a team for life. And my thing was, obviously, he didn't want to be in D.C. because he easily could have took that 10-year, $30 million, and then in a year or two, restructured and added on three more years to that contract and would have signed with the Nationals and would have been there for his entire career. So obviously, I applaud the the Washington Nationals because they stood by their gun. They offered him the contract that they thought was fair, which obviously was the fair contract because Machado got the same damn thing. And they said, you know what? We love you. We love to have you. But nah, you go ahead and do what you need to do. You bankrupt another damn franchise. We're going to be all right moving forward with with the talent we have on this staff. So, uh. And it's crazy. I think I read where the Giants offered him twelve million, three ten or three twenty. <laughs> so I don't know where this thirteen, this lucky number thirteen, came in. Where Philly, I hear that Philly's going to be paying him until he's like forty years old. <laughs> <laughs> we all know he's going to be past his prime way, way, way after that. So kudos to. Bryce, kudos to his uh, his agent. You know, he had the super agent. Uh, what's Scott Boris. Scott Boris. So everybody win. Philly won. Boris won. Bryce Harper won. Everybody got what they needed. Um, and now we can pretty much put this saga to bed and uh, see how the, the NFL, you know, the preseason progresses and going into the to the regular season. Well, then let me ask you a question. Where does this put Philadelphia now in Major League Baseball? What I read, they said he's the they're the sixth best team in baseball, <laughs> even with Harper. <laughs> Not even the top five, number six. Because right yeah. now we know one and two is Boston, New York. So <laughs> yeah, they're they they still have a lot of a, a lot of holes to fill. So I mean, Bryce Harper was that big name draw. So now you're going to try to you know fit the players you know around them. You know, hopefully he gels with the team, but. They got what, like you said, Ace. Everyone is happy, you know. Bryce Harper got his money. He got his, he got his security for all those years with one team. Um, Philly's got their man. They got somebody that they can sell to bring people into the stands because, you know, outside of the last, you know, World Series, which was a very long time ago, they haven't had anybody really in Philly that you can sell to get people to come. Casual, more casual fans to come and watch the game. I mean, you're always going to get your diehard Philly fans um, or, you know, your Philadelphia fans, period. But now you got somebody that's going to be a draw the casual fans where you really make your bread and butter. Yeah. And he's probably going to have lots of endorsements and stuff, you know, out the wazoo to kind of compensate for the money that he was probably lacking or might miss even though I think the short-term deal with the Dodgers might, with the 
been more in the short term, but four years from now, and if he had a bad four years, <laughs> he probably wasn't confident that he might get another bite at the apple that big. I agree with you on that. I think that this was more of a longevity move for the rest of his career than anything else. Um, it's almost, I'm not going to make comparisons, but I think that he was playing for the long haul. And like you said, it's kudos all around. Philly got what they wanted. Bryce Harper now don't have to worry about, re- well, for now don't have to worry about like a short-term four-year contract. He's set for, for the most part for life <laughs> until he retires. And no matter what happens, whether he gets traded or gets bought out or whatever the case may be, he'll have that money set for him until he's, you know, about ready to just hang up the boots for good. So I think it's a good win. To be honest, I'm wondering if it's going to be a start of something where so many other players, um, big-name players, is going to make that type of offer to where instead of going four or five years, they are going to go seven or eight to, you know what I'm saying, to try to maximize their longevity. Um, in Major League Baseball, not from a playing perspective, but more so from a financial perspective. Man. <laughs> I, I, truly, I truly think that, that Harper and, uh, and, and Boris fleece the hell out of Philly. <laughs> Wait, how's so? How's so? How's so? I, I mean, three years ago where Bryce was doing all the, you know, he was the hype. You know, he's putting up monster numbers. Then the past two years, he hasn't been 100% healthy. So he still put up big numbers. Sometimes the numbers were in the first part of the season, but he kind of disappeared in the second half of the season. Um, Bryce and Boris were smart because they're saying that, yes, we understand that Bryce could be a superstar. He has superstar potential. He's had some superstar years. Though the past couple of years haven't been superstar-esque we're banking that he could be that superstar for the next so many years. But we all know that baseball is uh, guaranteed contracts. So regardless if this fool bats 210 and clubs 20 home runs and driving 70 RBIs, the Phillies have no choice but to start this fool in whatever position he plays in, and he's going to be making 23 $24, 25000000 million a year. And if he sprinkles in every other odd year, 30, 30 to 40 home runs and 100 and something RBIs, then I guess it's all right. <laughs> you can only hope that he stays healthy for at least the next four years so he can maximize on his true potential and hope he doesn't get hurt. But I think I think, I think they fleeced him. You know, because if, if, it, if it was really the case, he really wanted to be a Yankee. And if the Yankees truly thought that he was going to be that dude for the next 10 years, the Yankees have no problem breaking open the bank to pay the dude. What made you think he wanted to be a Yankee? He said he wanted to be a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just knew he was going to be a Yankees, but the Yankees was like, hmm, yeah, we could use him. We'll be good right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not going to sit there and commit $330 million to you, and you're only going to give us three seasons. Now they learned their lesson with him. I was about to say they learned their lesson from Ayrod. You trying to tell me they learned their lesson from Ayrod? Well, yeah, they they definitely got you know they got some ticking time bombs as far as uh, as 
far as contracts on the horizon, who you know they might have to pay pay out. They already got Stanton, <laughs> right? And you know, Judge, you know, oh, he about to come up and get paid. <laughs> he about to get broke off. So you know, and um, and and they just broke off um Aaron Hicks. Yep. I think they did him with seventy seven years, seventy million. Mm-hmm. You know, that's this ten million dollars a year, but still, you know, they're they're putting out the long term contract, so. They're, they're, I, I commend the Yankees for being very picky and choosy about who they want to really sit there and break the bank because they had the opportunity to get Machado and, and or Harbor, and they decided to – I truly think they're trying to go after uh, after uh, my man from the, from the Angels. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Oh, it's killing me. He's from Jersey too. Oh, it'll come to me, but he plays for the Angels. I'm gonna look it up, and I think that's who they're angling to be uh, angling to go after. And if you give me Anaheim, but I agree. I think you know, yeah, he wanted he wanted to be with the Yankees, and who knows, in a couple of years, that might wind up being where he ends up at. Ah, Mike Trout. Ah, ooh, yeah, because he's coming up a free agency next next season. Right now they got a they got a lot of young gunners on that squad, so you know there's gonna be some cats that they're gonna have to you know go into the piggy bank and pay up. So I figured they figure you know stay packed right now, don't commit to anything long term. When you got you know like you said the eyes on Trout, and you already got some players where you're gonna have to um, take care of. So mm-hmm. no need to put yourself in any kind of financial risk, you know, going forward the next couple of years when you know you got. <laughs> I mean, you got some people that's in the pipeline you're going to have to pay up. Exactly. exactly. And they got a good squad. So, I mean, hitting is not what they need. Pitching is what they <laughs> – Yep. That's why that I'm hoping true. they go after Dallas called Keiko. I think that's his name, Keiko. You know, and uh, he's still out there, hopefully. Keiko, that's a funny name, Keiko. Tell me about it. <laughs> Give him a nice little short-term contract, one or two years, come ahead and just bolster that, uh, that rotation. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see because this this even though spring training has already started, I think that seeing how all these deals is making, we'll see how it affects the teams going when by the start of the season. The MLB is going to definitely be a very interesting season this year, and we're going to see how that plays out. Bottom line, so. And the NFL players, once again, are getting more swole as they see contracts like that <laughs> roll, roll out in the, in, in the major leagues. That is true. You, you can definitely see NFL players like, really? <laughs> like, seriously? Like, you, you, you've seen this, right? <laughs> but that's a good way to segue over to the next part where we're going to talk about. Um, so, so let's talk about what's going on in the NFL. And, of course, the big news, I guess you could say, for Dallas fans who are probably cheering up and down, jumping up and down right about now because their reliable tight end is making a comeback. J- yes, Jason Witten is coming back to the Cowboys. He wants to play again. I guess he's done play, um, analyzing the NFL games, and he wants to get back and get his feet wet again. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, what are your thoughts of Jason Witten coming back to the Dallas Cowboys? And I will start with the resident New York Giants fan because I'm very curious to hear his take on what this is, what this means for him and the Giants. So, 
I'm gonna start with you. Uh, what do you think about Jason Wright coming back? <laughs> Damn, is it is it that bad with the Cowboys that you need to take Jason Whitman off of mothballs, get him out the booth, and put him back in pass for one year? I mean, I didn't think their tight end situation was that bad, but I guess it was bad enough where you had to get a guy out of retirement to play one year, whether he said he wanted to play or whether Jerry Jones, who knows. You were in retirement. You were in the booth. You weren't great, but you weren't horrible. But, you know, Monday Night Football commentating was, was sucky anyway. However, this is interesting. I mean, they gave Dax a security blanket. Now you gave him the deep threat. I mean, you're trying to put the same weapons around him that he had, that Rummel had when he had when he had um, uh, Des Bryant. No, Des, yeah. Des Bryant. Yeah, there's Brian, and then you're going to have um, Jason Witten as a security blanket passing. So, for me, it's, <laughs> as far as Giants, I mean, it's not going to make one do or not because he always terrorized the Giants, so it'll probably be no different. However, I'm like, it's got to be that bad where you got to get the man out of retirement to play one year. So, for the Cowboys, I say – as well as your dysfunctional defensive linemen that are getting um, suspended indefinitely, um, Demarcus Lawrence, for substance abuse. Again? Congratulations, Cowboys. Congratulations. Can't stay off the coke. Yeah, but if, oh boy, what if they were this tough, uh, this tough when uh, Irvin and all them was playing? Jeez, would they have had all them Super Bowls? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> the, wasn't the modern age of social media, so... <laughs> they were sniffing coca hanging with the hose and nobody really <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> wow um i will say this i i think when uh prescott was i guess his rookie year when he had um witten and he had des and he had everybody they had a pretty good season and witten knows how to sit in those zones witten uh, knows how to get himself open just enough to get first downs. And and I think, honestly, it might take a little pressure off of uh, Zeke knowing that they don't necessarily have to go to Zeke when a first down is needed when you have a Witten that can go out there and get the necessary yardage just to get them enough for the, for the first down to keep the chains moving. It's a win-win. I, I don't think he's going to get paid a hell of a lot of money um, to come in and and provide. You get three mil? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably more than he's gonna make doing the Monday Night Football. I take that. Million dollars just to come run around for a little bit. Probably be a situational player at that. Not even every down. <laughs> just come in there when he needs first downs. Um, I guess I could applaud it. I mean, he's still young. I think he retired at what, thirty-four. So he still has some some years left up. I guess he still has a few. Few, few, few uh, moments still up in the tank. I guess if Antonio Gates could play at 38, you know, why can't Winton come back and still give another year or two, you know, and uh, provide some sort of spark? You know, I guess Jarrah is trying to catch lightning in the bottle and trying to take it, take the crown in the NFC East while it's still kind of down because the Redskins don't have no QB. The Giants or well, the Giants and Philly, you know, they. They have their issues not trying to commit to a particular quarterback or they want to commit to Wentz, but you don't know the Wentz you're going to get at this point. 
So the Cowboys really have a prime opportunity to go in there and really take a hold of the NFC East this upcoming season. So I can't be mad. Uh, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Um, if he wants to come back, he, you know, more power to him. I just think that right as of right now, it's going to take a while for him to get into, to get him back to the written of old, so to speak, before he retired. I mean, because as they see, he took a, he took time away from the NFL. So it's going to be a while before he gets reacclimated into, you know, everything, the whole Dallas scheme. I mean, they might still run the same schemes, I doubt it. But my thing is, is that physically, I think that it's going to take a while before he comes in, like, really ready in game shape. So I think that, I think you're right, Ace. I think that he's going to probably be used for situational downs. Um, and with the, the, the experience he has, it's only going to help them. Um, but we'll see how that plays for um, I at this point I really don't see any other teams right now um, making any significant gain to Dallas. Um, perhaps maybe Washington when um, got the quarterback's name come back. Smith, yeah, comes back. He may not be coming back this season. May. And so, and then there lies the question. So, um, but as far as Jason Witten comes, you know, if he wants to come back, you know, he's coming back. So. I'm not going to knock it. I'm not even going to be upset about it at this point. No, I mean, it gives them another voice in the locker room, I guess another leader that kind of helps the troops, you know, keep the troops in line. And, uh, and then they need to make a, um, a clarification that was on Randy Gregory. They got caught up in, you know, s- suspended indefinitely, not the Marcus, um, <clears throat> not the Marcus Lawrence. So I just want to make that, you know, correction out there. Um yeah, I mean, I mean, from what I understand, he's still in great shape. So, I mean, he took a he retired with last season. Took retired with last season. Oh, this not this season past, but season before last. So, he's had a year in the booth. He hasn't had all that wear and tear. I doubt the offensive scheme schematic has definitely changed much at all. Um, so, it'll probably fit right in. He probably will be used a little bit more situational, but I think they're looking for that presence on the field to kind of you know, help out Dak with the team, so. Yeah, he definitely needs help. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're probably trying to go for the lightning in the bottle. They're probably trying to, you know, recreate the will, and to a certain degree, I think it may. Um, how this is going to affect your younger, talented tight ends there, what kind of growth do they have? It could either help or hinder them, so. Um, but I agree with you, Ace. The NFC East is wide open. Um you know, the Redskins losing Alex Smith. Um, he's probably not going to play this season come up, and he may not play again. Um, and I take that back. He probably will play again, but I don't think he's going to play fully next season. Um, the Giants are in transition right now. The, the Eagles have went with Carson Wentz. But like you said, you don't know what kind of Carson Wentz you're going to get. So... It's there to be had. I mean, if this is their opportunity. They're going to get it. They got to get it now while you got a good window opportunity. Because um, I think the the Giants and the Redskins quarterback situation is going to be a little bit more in flux for the next two years than the Eagles are. Completely agree. Speaking of the Eagles, of course, we just realized that, you know, Nick Foles has been removed under the franchise tag. So now he's a free agent. So real quick before we get into the NBA, 
what teams out there would be available, would be a perfect ideal spot for Nick Foles? Dumbass teams. <laughs> I tell you that man is fool's gold. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting your, your stance on Nick Foles. So I'm not going to ask you that question. <laughs> you, you just gave me an answer. So Earl, I'm going to turn it to you. Is, is there any, uh, let, me, let me rephrase the question. Are there any teams out there that you think will immediately look for Nick Foles as a quarterback? Oh, yeah, they'll definitely be the one team that comes comes to mind right now. Um, Jacksonville. Um, I thought the Broncos at first, but then they decided to go for um, Flacco. Fuco, which was shocking. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, his services are going to be out there. Um, Bengals could use a nice QB. Um, uh, the Redskins could use a QB, um, but I think when they decided not to franchise tag him, I think he kind of gave him the wink and the nod that he won't sign with any NFC East team. So I think that's probably how that kind of came down. Um, so there's going to be some teams, uh, probably at first glance, maybe Jacksonville is where I think he'll probably wind up back. Because it'll be in the AFC and there's no real threat to the Eagles as far as playing them twice a year or anything like that. I was, I was going to ask, do you think that he'll be moved over to He'll probably pick an AFC team over an NFC team. But I think... Like I said, it was a wink and a nod. We won't franchise tag you. We'll let you be a free agent. But you can't sign in the NFC East or really the NFC period. I tell you, fool's cool, man. Fool's cool. <laughs> All right. All right, so... Uh, we got we to understand where Ace feels about Nick Foles right now. So let's jump right into the NBA. Um, of course, you, you where to begin at this point with the NBA? Um, with only maybe about 20, 25 games left in the NBA season, um, of course, we could talk about a lot of things, um, of course, but I guess we could start off with the Boston Celtics. Um Loses of four games, I believe, um, the last four games. Um, have a four and six record in the last ten games. So, um, everybody right now is talking about the dysfunction, um, the lack of chemistry. The chemistry. Um, right now, everybody believes that Kyrie Irving is the reason behind the chemistry issues, and of course, feelings though that he's going to leave after this season. So let me get your quick thoughts on the Boston Celtics and this whole Kyrie Irving thing. And, you know, do you really think that, you know, Boston Celtics can right the ship, so to speak, to make it not only in the playoffs, but maybe the Eastern Conference Finals? I wonder if Kyrie is trying to channel his inner LeBron and going to try to uh, – put himself in playoff mode and then try to will the Celtics into a nice little win streak going into the playoffs and then try to will will them into the NBA Finals. Um, personally, they have way too much talent to be this, this dysfunctional. Um, Danny Ainge, I think it maybe it was pride or maybe whatever, should have recognized that what he had from last season was pretty damn good. And you could build from what they did from last season 
you could have kept Gordon Hayward. I don't think he would have been that much of a difference. But, you know, you could have had a Terry Rozier and company-led point guard position and probably would have done some damage in the East without a Kyrie. Um, because I don't think at this particular point in time, they're no different than they were last year record-wise, other than being in first place. <laughs> Instead of being, what, fourth? <laughs> Fifth? Uh, Somewhere around there. Yeah, they're fifth place right now. So, I, I mean, with that being said, you know what? Danny Ainge should just say, I'm just going to cut my losses now. Let's reset this. The East is still wide open, regardless if we trade Kyrie or not. And just cut our losses, keep Gordon, get him back into the flow. You don't necessarily need to have a killer Kyrie because Jason Tatum, to me, could be just as good as Kyrie without having the ball in his hand every possession coming down the court. Just my opinion. But don't forget, now, they was they was thinking about trading Jason Tatum um, and Jalen Brown for Anthony Davis. And they still may be doing that come the beginning of next year or beginning of the next season. And I think that'll be the dumbest shit that they ever do. <laughs> Personally. Because one, when has Kyrie... So Kyrie's been having knee issues every odd year. So granted, he's missed some games for his knee this year, but he's missed significant, significant amount of games in off-year seasons. So he's due to have a, a serious knee injury come next season if it isn't the end of this season. Why do you want to take a risk? The man can still give you some pretty decent commodity if you go ahead and trade him. Just trade the man. There's a, there is a point guard needy team out there somewhere the Knicks that would love to take him on. <laughs> I'm worried about trading him now because he's just going to be able to just to just to go via free agency, right? Yep. So just let him walk. They're like, you know what, Kyrie? Thank you. We tried; it didn't work out. No love lost. See you when we see you. You know, we're gonna go ahead and this. Hopefully, maybe instead of trading for uh, AD, maybe AD is seeing what's going on here. Even though we may not have Kyrie, we got Tatum that we can, we got a nice young nucleus that we can build around and we can rule the East for so many years. Because it's my understanding that, um, what's my man in Philly, uh, the point guard? There's no guarantee that he's going to stick around. Ben Simmons, there's no guarantee he's going to stick around in Philly. I've been reading a lot that they they said that it'd be best for Philly. To get him away from Embiid, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't hear the. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got the resident Philadelphia person over there, so um, I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> well, I'm not that sure. But I think that would be. I, I think that's lunacy, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, I, I know what I read. I, I didn't say I agree with it. <laughs> you know, but Bleacher Report do be putting out some some crazy articles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their comments or their opinions with a grain of salt. Uh, I look at them like, yeah, they, they full of crap. But, hey, it makes for us, you know, great fodder for us to talk about. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Uh, they do be interesting for them to talk about. Let me, ask you, let me ask you both guys this question. You really think now with this whole dysfunction with Kyrie Irving, I'm going to ask you this. You think um, Danny Ainge regrets the trade with Isaiah Thomas um, to Cleveland? Kyrie, no, no, I think 
I mean, I, I mean, can you? I mean, imagine like if it was Isaiah Thomas still in the mix with this team, do you think that they would have been better off than with Kyrie on this team? Well, I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. I mean, you had to take it last year. I mean, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they had Game Seven on their home court and just went cold from behind the arc or went cold shooting jumpers. Period. So, I don't know if Isaiah Thomas on that squad would have got them to that point. I think uh, I don't think they, I don't think he regrets it because I mean Isaiah Thomas is not even technically in the league. What is he in the G League now or did he No nah, no nah, he's, oh, he's, he's back in, he's back Denver. in back, okay. yeah, Denver. Yeah he just came back from injury. Yeah I don't think he regrets it. Um but I think he's probably something yeah, Brad Stevens the chemistry issue starts with Brad Stevens because you got all those pieces I mean, I mean, Kyrie was there with that squad up until around this time last year. Then he got hurt and just sat out. And then the young guns just went on a hell of a run in the playoffs. Um, a lot of them got a, a lot more confidence. Um, and so when you – I understand why they didn't try to trade Kyrie because you weren't sure if that was just a stretch run. Was that just, you know, luck or, or can they replicate it? There was enough body of work, in my opinion – justify trading for Kyrie and then the next year getting rid of Kyrie just because these guys had a good run. Um, now I think you have a much more body of work with all the players where you can definitely see chemistry-wise, Kyrie's a great player and on paper, I think they're better with them. But I think chemistry flow-wise with Brad Stevens, I think they're better overall without him. And Gordon Hayward, no one's taking that contract on. I mean, there was nothing they could do about it when he got hurt. He was doing, what, $31 million a year. They were stuck with him. And they were probably still stuck with him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyrie, I think Kyrie's going anyway after the season. I think the way this thing is all unfolding out is just not good. And I think a, a mutual parting of the ways would be beneficial for both parties. Yeah, he's going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I think it, it, it would allow Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to kind of get back to, you know, being more of the team leaders, which they kind of started to grow into and I got a better handle really in the playoffs because that's where you really really started to see him really shine through when it was in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, completely agree. Um, but before we get to cut off, um, before we get ready to go, I should say, um, I have to talk about what happened with um, the Lakers and LeBron James and this whole ordeal because right now, currently, they're in 11th place. And 11th. And they really, um, right now, even though they're maybe like three games behind behind the eighth seed, I'm pretty much sure of that. Um, so it's not like they can't catch ground. But with all this that's going on with the dysfunction, not just with the Celtics, but with the Lakers as well, do you really believe that this will be the first year ever where LeBron James does not make the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think Sacramento is going to do just enough to get that eight seed. I think they might even beat out uh, San Antonio. But the Clippers right now got the eight seed. And what, Sacramento's number seven? 
Or is it San Antonio got number seven? Sacramento was number nine. Ah. Sacramento's nine? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Sacramento's going to do enough. I think Buddy Hield is developing into that shooter that everybody thought he was going to be when he came out of Oklahoma State. And now he's really starting to blossom. And I think they're going to build a beautiful team around him. Uh, I think the streak of San Antonio making it to the playoffs for so many years in a row is probably coming to an end. Um, San Antonio? Yeah. I'm yeah. guessing. I don't think they made the playoffs last year either. They didn't? I got to double check, but I'm pretty sure they didn't make it last year. Spurs made it last year. Oh, yeah. No, they, I'm sorry. I'm right. You're right. They barely got in, but they made the playoffs last year. I'm sorry. I think that was the 14th or 15th year in a row. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. So I think that streak is going to end this year. I think Pop is going to hang it up. And... LeBron just has to really just take it as a grain of salt. I mean, they brought all that drama and controversy to himself with the public demand of wanting to play with AD and giving rid of all them young guns. I mean, it didn't help the fact that he got hurt, but, you know, he didn't have to come out there and say publicly like that. Either. Yeah, we want AD. You know, Magic out there just, you know, doing the bidding of, uh, of LeBron. And, 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 and you know, uh, Clutch Sports is pretty much LeBron just using his boy as a mouthpiece. <laughs> so, I mean, who just signed with Clutch Sports? Uh, so, Draymond. Yeah, Draymond just signed with Clutch Sports. Uh, hmm. AD is with Clutch Sports. I'm not saying they'll both be on the Lakers, but I'm just saying it's just ironic. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it brief. I mean, I it's not totally out the realm that they will that they won't make it. I think they might slide in at the by the skin of their damn teeth by the last week in the in the eighth spot. Um, I think it's going to definitely go down to the wire. I mean, they're really maybe three and a half games out of the eighth spot. I think it is, and um, and it's it, it's it's bunched down there at the sixth, seventh, and eighth in the eighth spot. So I mean team goes on a bad losing streak at that top and they kind of keep winning. Yeah. Um, Dysfunctional wise, you know it's bad when Magic Johnson has to come out and publicly go behind closed doors and, you know, keep all the young guns you know, hopes up. They botched the whole AD possible trade up to the highest degree by making it go public. You could have did all of this behind closed doors without it made public without nobody knowing but you know, Maver- you know, Maverick Carter opened up his big mouth and told everybody in the world he wants to be traded. He preferred to go to the Lakers, and he's not signed a, a long term with anybody else. And once you did that, and then they started rolling out the names of what kind of packages they're going to put in, you basically fucked the whole team. And now LeBron's stuck with that, and he's got to deal with them. Don't trust him at all. Who knows yeah. at the end of the season? They're probably going to be going anyway. Yep. I will not be surprised at that so as well. Why, so why am I going to sit out there night in and night out and give maximum effort where I'm probably going to be not a Laker come next season? I I, I agree. Um, I'm 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 going to go to keep this short too. I'm going to keep this very short and sweet. Um, I see. Between the Clippers, the Kings, um, who was the eighth person team? 
Clippers, Kings. Sacramento. Oh, that's Sacramento. King, yeah. King. Clippers, Kings, Spurs, and Lakers. Four teams I see battling for the last two playoff spots. Um, if the Clippers get it over the Lakers, that will be some some. That would be the hurtfulest thing I can see. Lakers fans just going crazy, driving off cliffs and everything because the Clippers you got just got rid of their best player on the team and still would make it to the playoffs over the Lakers, who has literally the best player in the in the NBA. So that would be a hurt. Um, I will say this. Lakers need to clean up a lot of mess. They need to really clean it up. Um, and LeBron needs to stop talking and focus more on defense. Can't criticize any of the Lakers teammates and if you're not putting in the effort yourself. It's the pot calling the kettle black. So you need to make sure that if you're going to talk about your teammates and the lack of effort, then you need to be held accountable too. And to be honest, like so many, you you want to talk about you being who you are and everything. You have to set that example. They can't see you making these type of plays where you letting your your the player that you're playing against just hitting open jumpers, three pointers. You know, I mean, like that's noticeable. You now being like this is shown throughout the rest of the world. Like you're on social media with your lack of effort. How can you be considered the greatest of all time if you don't show the lack of, I mean, when you have a lack of defense here? And you can't complain about your teammates if it, you're showing that representation that you're not putting the effort in. So at the end of the day, and Lakers fans can, you know, be upset if they want to, but it's not on the players. The young players are doing stuff, putting in work. Ingram, Kuzma, you know, those players are putting in work these past couple of games, and so it can't be on them. This is all, and I don't want to hear that as on Luke Walton because Luke Walton is doing everything he can possible to keep this team afloat. You got to hold LeBron James accountable for this past game at least. At least start there and then try to build on that. But I agree with you, Earl. Like, I think the writing's on the wall. I think that the young players right now already know where they stand, so... Why put the effort into a team that's already trying to trade them? So they're just writing this season out, and it is what it is <clears throat> at this point. So Durant got labeled as a hater, but what he said is true. God honest truth, and now you see it right there in Los Angeles. It's the truth, bottom line. The cold, hard truth. There, there's no analytical numbers to justify, you know, there's no percentages. Just, just, take, a, just take a look. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. So we'll see how this plays out for the remaining NBA season. If there's going to be more dysfunction, maybe the Lakers will turn it around and go on a 10-game a winning streak. But they definitely need that to stay on float unless they want to miss the playoffs for the you know with LeBron James. And if they miss the playoffs, that's going to be the talk of the playoffs. Bottom line, you wouldn't have to worry about who's playing who. It's all going to be about LeBron missing the playoffs with the Lakers first that's year. Sad. And that's it. And it's going to be yes, completely. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. But for now, um, we're going to cut it off. Cut it short. Um, we like to thank everybody for checking us out on Guys Talking Sports. But before we go, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. 
You can reach me on the gram and the Twitter and Snapchat, um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And may I just also just say one thing um, to everybody out there, and I'm going to lean in for this. Hey, hey, Robert Kraft, you're worth $6 billion, dude. Bring the hose to the crib. Stop going to massage parlors and dropping the C-note on a chick. That is all. You know what? I can't even be mad at that. Like, that was... I, uh, okay, that's that's another rant for another day. Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am our Quals. Twitter and Instagram, I am our Quals. And speaking of which, I need to say this again, and I'm going to bring this real quick. Brooklyn Nets, I love y'all to death. Y'all should have had that settled with Koji a long time ago before y'all brought out those uniforms. So that should have been settled. That's just my take. Like, don't wear, don't bring out the uniforms knowing that you ain't settled with the maker. You can't rock Biggie gear and not settle with Kooji about the gear. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna leave that alone as well. I can save that for another time. But for right now, I appreciate we appreciate. I'm sorry, all the love and support that you guys keep giving us. Feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to communicate with us. Subscribe to YouTube. Subscribe to Instagram. Subscribe to Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us everywhere. We really appreciate the love and support. Um, right now, this is Guys Talking Sports. And until next time, God bless. You guys take care. Have a great rest of the week.